People think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. And welcome to Kidney Talk. Today, we are going to talk to a motivational speaker. Yes, he's a speaker, coach, trainer, and he's actually been working with a lot of the PEP speakers and helping them develop. And you know, um, he is so funny. But we had something interesting happen. Lori and I um, went to a dinner. This dinner is planned for like almost a year in advance. And this gentleman who throws this dinner to, to raise funds for kidney research from USC, University of Southern California. He had this big dinner, and we were lucky enough to be invited. Some big-name entertainers are there. And I Peter Cetera was there. And, and people and, don't, may not know Peter Cetera, but he was the lead singer in the group called Chicago, oh, yes. which they had so many hits. And then the country uh, singing star, Deanna Carter, Strawberry, Strawberry Wine. Wine. I love that song. <laughs> but anyway, the guy who organized the whole thing and is just works his little butt off all year long, to make this a, a great event he wasn't at the event and everybody's going where's Ken where's Ken where's Ken and his son got up during the ceremonies and said Ken my dad can't be here and we went oh my gosh what happened because he's been on dialysis for so long and he couldn't be there because the day before the event he was called for a kidney and he got a kidney and I understand he's doing wonderfully well now and I thought was so fascinating is at the event they actually had a video clip of him right his last dialysis. dialysis session saying I hope this is my last treatment and I'm gonna go have a transplant and I'll see you all when I get wake up and have a great time at the event I mean that is an organizer oh uh, he he was great and it's such a great event and it raises a ton of money for research for kidney disease and it was it was a lot of it was a really fun evening you know and I I met some really high-powered doctors there, too, and ask for free advice. But um, this motivational speaker we have today is a wonderful guy. I saw him uh, training some of the PEP speakers. And Jack Bernard has been doing this for years, and he has just been absolutely fabulous with the patients, and we're learning so much from him. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Jack Bernard and get his secrets, and he got some really special stuff to tell us, so stay tuned. Honey, did you restrict your fluids today? Yes, dear. Did you turn your back on potatoes, bananas, and avocados? I took a quick peek and then looked the other way. Did you eat all your protein? Lovely weather we're having, isn't it? Honey, you know you need your protein because of the dialysis. Having a hard time with the protein? Do you loathe liver? Are you baffled at the massive amounts of beef? Are you terrified of tofu? Then try drinking your protein, and I'm not talking about liver beef tofu smoothies. Protein powder that you can buy at your local store is perfect and delicious way to get that protein when you need it. Just make sure you read the label. Low sodium, low potassium, and low sugar. You know the drill, so next time someone asks... Did you eat all your protein today? You can say... Not only did I eat it, but I loved it. I had a breakfast shake, and then I put some in my coffee, and then I made some muffins with it, and then I... There are protein powders out there that have as much as 24 grams of protein in just one serving. No sugar and low in sodium and potassium. So drink up and be healthy. 
today with Jack Barnard, <laughs> and he is the pep speaker coach. Can you believe that, Stephen? I certainly can, because I saw him do it. <laughs> <laughs> and he is so talented. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Now, how did you get started doing this inspirational speaking or teaching how to people how to speak? Well, actually, my background's in theater, a lot of theater. I've, I've done some comedy and written a few plays that have been produced and the like. And I also had a background in human potential. And eventually, it just made it easy to switch over to working with speakers, because I just think it's a holy arena. It's an arena of, of you know potential transformation and... We all get to go to heaven together. Yes, well, he wrote this book called The Communion Approach to Public Speaking. Right. And one of the things he teaches is that he teaches people like the patients here from the Patients Educating Patients and Professionals program, the PEP program, how to speak to their audience and create a communion so they really connect with the audience. So what did you learn by being here for the last four days with over 30 people <laughs> with kidney disease, with 579 years of combined kidney disease experience? Can you well, believe that? it's probably that? gone up since you came up with that. There's <laughs> enough here, it's probably 580 now. <laughs> I learned so much. I was here last year and, and it was the most inspiring thing I did all last year. and. I mean, it, it so far is the most inspiring thing I've done this year, too, because uh, I think it's a bad day when I wake up in the morning and realize I still have a bald spot, you know, and you <laughs> look at all these kidney beans and what they go through to get to a place that it can even be in the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mind boggling. Plus, starting with last year and again, part of my education this year, I know nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't have any idea what dialysis really was and, you know, the word and so forth. So first of all, it's very inspiring. The other part of this is that they, what you're asking these guys to do, most of which don't have a great background in speaking, is get out there and give presentations, you know, to other patients and to physicians and the like and healthcare people. And um, my job is to make sure that they don't just make it about the information and to make sure that they have a, a true connection. And most of that is just coming out of your shell, mm-hmm. knowing it's important to create an experience in life. But I mean, what a great group this work. I mean, amazing. I know one of the exercises you have the patients do is you have them pretend that they're not speaking English, like yeah. they're speaking a different <laughs> language, which today in, you know, in any community could be pretty helpful because a lot of people don't speak the same language. What was one of the goals of that exercise? I'm sorry. That's right. What was your question? No, I got it. The goal of it is to get out of yourself because there's the truth. I know who I am, which means I think I know what my limitations are which means I've got myself in a nice little comfort zone or box, whatever your favorite metaphor is. What I'm asking them to do is just try things to get out of the box because the more that they do that, I found it's the fast track. You know, I call it Godspeed. Get faster than your programming and your considerations and your patterns and you know beliefs and so forth. So that's just one of the ways of just getting them to let go of things because uh, again, we have this kind of a boot camp as in four days, how much can you get yourself beyond what you thought you came here with to be able to deliver the information in a new and more exciting way, you know? So that's all it is. I mean, all the exercises are about that, frankly. So you got this kidney patient and they've never spoken before in front of an audience and they're shaking in their boots. What is the first step that you have them do to overcome this and become a professional speaker like yourself? There's a couple parts. One part is, uh, if you notice, the very first thing that I did, or the very first day, was what I call source work, which is very improvisational. And you're having him play characters, and you're having him, you're, you're letting him know how important it is to be in the moment and have presence there, etc. And, and I'm constantly wanting to do that, like I said. The other thing is to remind him it's not about the information. The real job for the speakers is to deliver 
and experience because you can get this is a PowerPoint presentation. So the information is clear and concrete. There's not a lot of flexibility. So if you think your real job is just to be the narrator for the PowerPoint, it doesn't work for the audience. Yeah, people can read the slide. That's right. If, if it's just you're just going to be a narrator, you might as well tape it and let it, you know, do it on video or something. So, you know, my job is with with everybody is let them recognize that whatever they've been working on all their life, that personality that they have right now, that style that they have right now is totally appropriate. Just keep coming out, be authentic to it, but keep coming out and have fun. If you have fun up there in front of an audience, it's like a digest aid. It helps the material go down, especially the tougher material. And in some of this, it can be a little tricky because sometimes you're talking to healthcare prof- a patient talking to a healthcare professional and sort of telling the healthcare professional what we the patients want. Well, you know how it is with healthcare professionals. That can be a little tricky. So if you just allow it to be that they know that you're on the team and you're having fun with it, if you have fun up there, it just pretty much is the ameliorator. I mean, it's the thing that makes everything easier. I know. It's one of the things that I think the patients really learned is to understand your audience, to know your audience. And one of the things I thought that was so clever that you did was you had Bobby Walker, who is, he, he's from Arkansas. He's an African-American male. And you had him get up and pretend he was buying a wedding dress. He got up there and talked about going to the different stores, buying yeah. a wedding dress. And then he twisted it and said it didn't fit because he took steroids. <laughs> and And I thought, wow, you know, he knows what it's like and he can really identify. Just to put this on the table, because last year is totally a new program. Now you had nine returnees from last year. And I think they came in and immediately the podium was raised. I also feel the people this year, for the most part, where I mean I don't there's no stragglers in this in this program this year as far as I'm concerned in other, in other words I don't see any people I'm not going to say that everyone there could do all five of the programs but I mean everyone here I feel with a little bit of practice could do any of them so I mean that helps a lot but the other thing is that if Bobby walks in you know on day one and walks out on day four or five and it's the same Bobby Walker and we haven't done whatever we need to do to sort of give him permission to tweak it and jump to the edge of his own comfort zone and the like, then we blew it. And that's how I see my job, basically. Now, how important do you find humor is in trying to get your point across and making it interesting for the audience? Because I know the thing I hate the most is somebody going up there and just pointing out things that are on the slide. And this is what our medications are. And this is what we do now. And this is, and it's very boring. I fall asleep. One of the important things you do that I guess I just did it intuitively when I do public speaking is I make up stories that are personal to me, which other people can identify. And I think it brings the audience into your story. And uh, how important do you find humor to be in all this? Ultimate. Not everyone's funny. Or not everyone thinks they're funny. I actually should correct that because I think everyone is funny. Everyone, I've never met anyone who didn't have a sense of humor except my brother. So there you go with that. (laughs) Humor is very important. So what I say is that, you know, the purpose of being funny is to help us digest the material, especially when you're taking us to the edge of the material, making us confront something. And then if you uh, tell a personal joke or an anecdote or or something like that, ha, 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 I get to digest it. I can go on to the next tough material. But if you're not funny, it's the exact same end result if you have fun. That's really the key. If you're having fun up there, it's so much easier for the people in the audience. Now, we expect you to be good. We expect you to really know your material. We expect you to be in command. But at the same time, have fun. I mean, the most boring things that could possibly happen in front of an audience, I don't even care what the subject matter is, would be to be up there and be stayed and give us the material, et cetera, it's nice and plain, especially with PowerPoint. The abuse of PowerPoint 
I mean, not in this case, but the, in a lot of corporate in the business arena, there's a big abuse of PowerPoint, which is, oh, I got, we only have an hour. So let me just see if I can give you these 300 slides. And I've got to make sure you get all this information thinking it's about the information. It's not. I teach people information is mental. That's your head. Point to your head. The story, it humanizes. And we are a storytelling culture. Make it about us. We have it in our gut. We walk away with it. Or else you come across as Ben Stein trying to teach a class. (laughs) Hey, when we come back, we're going to have some more humor. Hi, my name is Jenny Huey. There is a critical shortage of organs. 91,000 people are waiting for a transplant. I am one of those people waiting for a kidney like many of you listening. I wait for my transplant coordinator to call me with the good news, that they have a kidney for me. Other young women my age are waiting for that special someone who they met online at that dating website, Match.com, to call. And I'm waiting for the right cross-match. It is important that we all inform our friends, family, and co-workers about the importance of becoming a donor and to make sure they sign a donor card. Also, they need to discuss this very important decision with their family. We all need to bring awareness to the public about the importance of giving the gift of life so I can continue on with my life, dialysis-free, and have guys waiting patiently by the phone for me. audience. It's true when you're talking to your physician, if they care about what they're doing and they're talking to you in a way that's meaningful, you get the information as opposed to some healthcare professional sitting in front of you and saying, this is what you got to eat. This is what your labs are. You have to make a connection. So it doesn't have to be an audience and can be one-on-one. It could be your wife. I mean, it really doesn't matter. The fact is it's either about us or it's not. You know, I call it the us bus. How do you get us on the us bus? And that really, in essence, is saying we're in this together. I mean, every one of the presentations that these uh, peppies are going to be giving when they go out there, for the most part, is uh, very information laden. But at the same time, there's no reason to lecture. It's partnership. It's in essence saying, here's what we as patients would, can talk to you about that makes this whole game even more exciting and, you know, certainly more resultful. So you're absolutely right. And let's face it, there's nothing out there that isn't relationship. And I mean, especially the speaking world, it's all about relationships. So what you alluded to before, the book, The Community Approach to Public Speaking, is really saying that there's two ways for me to speak to you, at you or with you. No, I think that that's so true because sometimes I'm like, I want to talk to that doctor. I want to talk to that nurse because I know that I'm going to have a connection with them and I'm going to absorb the information more. And I think healthcare professionals really need to be aware of they might have the best information, but how can they deliver it to us so that we can understand it? And stories are the best way. Stories are um, the best way. You know, if they tell me a story about another patient that an experience they had, that's going to be much better than just, you know, giving me the facts about a particular illness. I saw a study, uh, I think it was about a year ago, 
And the study had to do, and it was a very comprehensive study. I, don't, I can't quote it, uh, you know, uh, discreetly here, but the point of the study was what patients uh, get connected to and how they will stay with doctors and healthcare people that are good relationship people that are not necessarily the most qualified for what they're condition. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to remember that. It's a people business. Right. It's all about relationships. And there's also a study that says that patients who don't like their healthcare professional don't connect with them mm -hmm. are more likely to have sue them, have a grievance. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you really have to connect on every level. I mean, what are some tips that if you're out there and you're a healthcare professional, you're a patient, you're trying to communicate with your doctor or a doctor and nurse is trying to connect with the patient? Well, I, I tell you, I learned a lot in the last four days. I mean, A, looking at the material, be then watching our people try to practice that. And again, most of the people that were here in this last four days uh, are very new to the game. We only had nine returning people from, and they only have a year's experience anyhow. So I think it, it, the what we've been harping on is the biggest factor, which is uh, recognize that you're not trying to tell us something, lecture to us. What you're trying to do is say, can we share some information and go from there? I also feel the way you deliver your information. It's not just what is your attitude or tone towards delivering it, but also, you know, if you're looking up and knowing that you have a handout or it's in the PowerPoint or something, your job is to humanize that material, humanize those statistics, which can be done with stories and which can be done with humor. But for the most part, the thing that we connect with most exactly is your personal story. So if you have an interesting piece of information and then can give us a personal story that deals with that, that's what always connects us as mm -hmm. human beings, I think. Have you ever come across somebody that, you know, you're training for three or four days and something and they just don't get it, you know, and what do you do at this point? Do you say, listen, I don't really think you should be a speaker? I say, I think you just don't get it. <laughs> you actually would tell them <laughs> that? Oh, yeah. Jack sure. will say, oh, no, you I just will. don't get it. <laughs> you know, what's funny about this year is apparently, I, I really don't have this concept, but I've heard it enough from almost everybody from last year that apparently they sort of saw me as Simon on uh, American Idol last year. <laughs> This year, I was a hell of a lot more Paula, I guess. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Are um, you doing drugs and everything now? Yeah, a little, I, I'm trying to change drugs oh, and so forth. In fact, I'm going to do some a little later if you want to join me. So, you know, the, the, uh, the, the fact is, is that anybody can speak, but there's a couple of things you can't teach. If you are, I, I call it the dread, the dread. In other words, the fear of speaking. You know, Seinfeld said, if it's true that everyone's more afraid of public speaking than they are death, it must also be true that that uh, you'd rather be in the casket than give the eulogy, you know, so, and that's sort of the way it is. Everybody can speak, but charisma can't be taught, you know, likability can't be taught, and if you have the dread so much, as in I'm talking about the fear of speaking, that's the only thing that keeps us away from being able to make the connection. If you have the dread so exactly, and you can't rethink, reframe the thought that this is just programming. If, I, if you can get it's just programming, it's changeable, but what happens too often with some potential speakers is they just think there's something wrong with them. And mm -hmm. if you don't get over that, there's nothing that can change it. I mean, it, they'll just prove it. It's sort of the law of attraction. So what have you learned the last couple of days, you know, working with the different patients? What are some of the highlights that you can remember? 
I walked away last year not really ever asking the question, what are these little snake-like things that are in the forearms of some of these people? And I found out from Mike what we're talking about there. It's a fistula. The fistula. I mean, I actually didn't see. I'm, I'm only getting my education. Like <laughs> Come a few on, get days your terms correct. That's I mean, we, we spent I a mean, couple I, of days I, on. I can say secondary hyperparathyroidism, <laughs> and I'm really happy about that. <laughs> to be honest with you, the thing that just stands out is under the word hero. I am constantly amazed. I mean, I have to say this out loud whatever we go through in life, you know, the stuff that's the trickiest. I have a client who has MS. I wake up every day going, oh, poor me or whatever. If I give him a call on the phone for whatever reason, it's just like, oh, my goodness. These guys, we had 30 people, 32 in the room that all have the same condition that has something to do with, you know, kidney disorder. And they were, there were 32 heroes. I mean, I learned a lot about the kinds of things they deal with. Again, you know, I came into this last year and I just had no idea what this whole arena was about. I since have met a few people that have, you know, uh, educated me a bit. But what the average kidney person has to go through, I mean, unless they have a success, even if they have a successful transplant, which I thought that was all, okay, you got a transplant, far out, good going, you know, and then you find out how many times, uh, you know, how many of these people have three transplants, or that just because you have a transplant has been good for eight years doesn't mean it's going to be good Mm -hmm. by the end of next year and so forth. It just gives me great perspective and to kind of say, I mean, we had missing people in the morning. Well, where are these people? Well, they had to get up at four o'clock to do their dialysis, four o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. to do their dialysis, you know, and they're not going to get there till 10 because of that. Holy moke. I mean, three times a week. And, you know, it's just uh, something that we have to live with. And then they show up and they're just so happy to be there and be part of it. I mean, it is. It's it's even inspiring to me because I haven't done dialysis in over 16 years. Thanks for coming in and thanks for doing this uh, convention this weekend. And you are just fabulous. I tried to videotape you and some of the patients and I had a hard time. You know, I, I pride myself of being a good director and a producer. But I, uh, you know, it's not going to look that way on the video because I was laughing so hard that the camera was shaking. I was doing the NYPD blue style because the camera was shaking so much. That's one thing that's for sure. We have laughed and had more fun in the last four days. I mean, it's absolutely been a true healing experience. If they talk about that laughter is the best medicine, we're all in better health. And thank you so much for You're very welcome. I want to end with one thing. If these 32 people came in and never went out and spoke, but had this four days together where they could rub shoulders and commune and talk to each other and get to know some other people and get to know their experiences and so forth and realize you know, how connected they are. Uh, frankly, if that was all it was, and this is, of course, not the whole part of the program, boy, it would be a lot. So it's a pleasure for me. It's, and you, you know, know what? I think some of them rubbed more than shoulders. What do you think, Stephen? Well, do you know more about speaking than you? Uh, I do. I do. I, I got to stop communion. stuttering like I do all the time. But uh, he uh, was very motivational and very, I love the way he puts humor in everything. Because oh, that, that you really can reach somebody when you, you also tell your own story. You're not just up there with a, a slide stating facts and figures. You actually personalize the story. I think he stresses that. Yes, you personalize the communion. The story. And he's great at improv. Oh, my goodness. Right. So and you, you notice you, when politicians just... talk, they always, you know, pick out that story. They start talking about some kind of political thing. And they say, well, you know, 
I met a guy who came into my office the other day on a farm, you know, and he's from Wisconsin. And they, they personalize the story by telling mm-hmm. a little tidbit. And I think that's a, a you know, a, a strategy that, that speechwriters do. Yes. And it's it's a gift. He makes it look so easy, too. You know, he helps kidney patients, uh, our, our kidney patients, train. He trains them and go out and speak to other kidney yes, patients. through our Patients it, Educating Patients and Professionals right, program. And, and, you know, I've seen the patients that we have come in before the training and then five days after the training and there's a world of difference oh definitely you just see them grow and transform their ability into um, great presenters and that's what we're trying to do is give patients a voice so that they can go out and share their message throughout the country well you know what jack bernard should probably um get to the actors before the Oscar ceremonies because some of those speeches are just absolutely dreadful, you know? I agree because I've watched the Oscars a couple of them like, wow, you just won Best Oscar Award and you can't speak. You know, if anybody <laughs> thanks God and thanks their mom again, I know. Oh, you know, come man. on, give me a break. Learn, gets out their little card and reads everything. Come it, on, come up with something original, please. It shows you actors really can't do it unless they have the words in front of them. So the writers are the stars. Exactly. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. Renal Support Network would like to thank everyone who has made this show possible. Kidney Talk's founding sponsor is Amgen. Generous support is provided by Roche Pharmaceuticals and Estellas. Friends of Kidney Talk are Abbott Laboratories, American Region, and Fresenius Medical Care North America. Thank you for helping us stream health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. Visit rsnhope.org for more information. The opinions, recommendations, statements, and advice contained on Kidney Talk are for information only. You should not use the information on the show to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without first consulting with a qualified health care provider. Please consult with your health care provider about any questions or concerns you may have regarding your condition or dietary regimen.